Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Dynasty As They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty, or as they say in Australia, Dynasty. I mean, they, they say all kinds of things in Australia. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me, he's already <laughs> spoken, but he's here, my co-host and husband, Kyler Yeah, Kajifari. Yeah, that's right. I'm here. Yes. It's... <laughs> Kyler, hi. It's been a while. Derek and Kyler are here to lull you into a... A dynasty-infused fever dream that will send you into a fifth dimension. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, and unfortunately that's all lies and bullshit, but you know, it's it's fun to think about and talk about as well, so here we are. Well, there's been so many things going on in the dynasty world. Good, bad, ugly. Good, I guess we'll start with... The 40th unofficial reunion that happened on Zoom recently. Not everybody was there, but my God, they got lots of people had their lock. I mean, it was all organized by Emma Sams. So it was kind of weird for me because as you know, we're going through Dynasty. We've watched the first season. We've watched the second season. We're now wrapping up the third season. I don't know Emma Sams because my Fallon is... Pamela Sumar. Let's be real. Dynasty is about John Forsyth, Linda Evans, Joan Collins, and then you kind of pick your second string, which is for me, it's Pamela Bellwood. I, she's technically the number one. Yes, for me, we're very but, familiar here. Um, we know you're a Claudia, stan. but you could go down the John James thing. You could pick or choose. You know, is it is it Al Corley, Jack Coleman? There's you know, so there's that second string, and not because they are second string, but because that's the characters. And yeah, they recast what they do. This is what happens when a show runs for nine years. It, m- it, exactly, and, and, and then you you know you have like a thing where I don't love hey. I don't have like a big opinion. There's room for everybody. Exactly. There's no, room for everybody. You know, sometimes you want the fruit salad. Sometimes you just want the turkey dinner. You know, the, the buffet is open to everybody. I want a sushi roll. 
uh, he, here's what I'll say. It was lovely to see everybody on the reunion. There was a lot of people. There was there was a lot going on. And I think, you know, this was an unofficial reunion organized by Emma Sams. It was very lovely. I'm glad she did it. The funds went to research for long COVID, which is very good. Golf claps. I just think the 40th anniversary of Dynasty deserves a bigger reunion. And now we know we need more time. We need more people. Joan kind of popped in. Linda popped in. That was nice. Heather Locklear was this like ray of sunshine. So that's the good news. We got this unofficial reunion. I think for the most part, everybody was really happy with it. The bad news is update for hashtag justice for Dynasty. Dynasty is not on this Paramount Plus app. Yeah. And I... I'm beside myself, and frankly, this is why we haven't really recorded the podcast lately, because I was really... It's a silent protest. I was really putting all my faith in the fact that Paramount would include Dynasty. I mean, they've got... Uh, Pete and Pete and all these old Nickelodeon shows on Paramount. They've got... You know, they don't have every season of the real world, but they do... Yes, Rugrats is on there. Yeah. They That's rug- what I'm saying. They've got Rugrats. You can watch all freaking goddamn seasons of Rugrats. But, 92 you know, seasons of God Rugrats. Forbid you want to watch Dynasty. And you can't This is watch. what I'm, I'm coming to understand over the years. It's certainly relevant to enough people that they, you know, they've tried to reboot it. Well, well they they're, did They're currently reboot it. rebooting it. I don't... Uh, we don't talk about that. Mm-mm. And... Yeah, but it's like where... For you new listeners, we do not talk about the reboot here. Move along. Dynasty of the Reboot is not something we ever discuss on this show, so we can talk about that later, you know. Never. Thank you. Bye. There's this weird limbo that Dynasty is in, you know, where they can have a, a reunion, but it's it's going to be Emma Sams and, you know... And it was very well Finally, attended. Pamela Bellwood signed on for it. And look, you know, I understand. You don't want to be like, this is the only thing that I ever did. Here's the thing, though. They can win new audiences over with this show. It's as relevant today as it was back then. I would, the I would argue stuff, it's actually the- more relevant. Yeah, more relevant than the other crap that's on TV for sure. I would agree with that, but I don't know if well, it's the, one, a- the one takeaway I get when when I see them talk about it right now, everybody acknowledges how artificial and over the top and how ridiculous it was, and they knew that even oh, then. Yeah, they felt silly. So I love that because you know you you wonder you look back on the 80s and i wasn't old enough to really know it but i was there i like that they even acknowledge that no this this was a cartoon Mm -hmm. for adults essentially it was like a vaudevillian sort of it was so vaudeville yeah but they still and you see when they talk about it they still have this Je ne sais quoi. So I'm still I'm still standing for Dynasty. I'm still hoping that they can work out the contracts or whatever is holding them up from putting this fucking show on Paramount Plus. Well, this is like how the you know there's only real world seasons one through four, and I don't want to go into a real world thing. But anyway, yeah, this isn't a real world. There's only podcast, the first four seasons on Paramount Plus. I want to get to a reader letter. One of our listeners, Dave, and I'm going to give his last name, wrote into us. He's supporting us on Patreon. Thank you, Dave. Um, I wanted to read his letter. For once, I am listening while not driving, so I thought I'd reach out on a couple of things. Well, Dave, we appreciate you. Oh no! Finally, stopping 
driving. We're, we're to about email to get us. read for Phil. No, no, no. This is nice. I think he just wanted to tie up some loose ends on the three seasons that we've I, been I just recapping. We, we've show. said more wrong things that are about to be called out. Did you guys mention notice that the mansion set changes significantly between the second and third seasons? I think we've talked about it. I mean, certainly when they introduced these random ass new rooms like the solarium and, you know, the nursery was a big one. You know, I, I have to say on that one, I feel like the set changed more from the first to the second season. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I need to, like, just go back to school. Well, I but, do. But, yeah, I do agree that between the second and third seasons, I feel like more stuff was added. If if stuff changed between the second and third season on the set. Well, there's kind of the different placement of the breakfast room. Um, the kitchen got a little bit of a tweak, but. I don't know if it's famous, but I will say famously, many of the bedrooms and upstairs rooms were all interchangeable walls that just kind of got moved around. And yeah, changed, that's usually how it works. Which, yes, I. I understand that's how that works well the bigger thing that we've i think we've been talking about a little bit more recently in the podcast is the exterior changes you know with the clock tower and the pool and again that's not really exterior changes those are sort of to me additions well like, they just shot it at different yeah. houses yeah they, they shot a lot of that at different houses the clock tower was clearly like i don't know why kathleen beller gets a clock tower but in the world that they're building you know maybe the carringtons have three different pools you know i mean did I, you think of that what's weird to me did you think of that dave is that pool that the one that we're talking about in those the credits it, it's consistently referred to as a lily pond oh no no the lily pond is different from the pools i'm talking about like when alexis and claudia were like hanging out at the pool with the yellow furniture anyway okay we don't know what or i don't know what we're talking about there's so ponds there's pools up. there's a lot going on all right i will continue also dave says i was a tv guy junkie back in the day and a oh, huge yes. dynasty fan i don't recall them ever publishing the titles of the episodes now famously this is something that we keep bringing up on I the know. podcast and I don't know why. We're, we're such episode title scolds. Uh, I, you know, and I think that this is proper. I, well, I, they probably you know, didn't. But you know we're what's weird? We're, we're millennials. I feel like in TV Guide, though, I definitely, I know what a TV Guide looks like. I know how it feels. I, I could hold one in my hand right now. What and are you talking about? You keep saying that you don't know anybody who read TV Guide. And now Dave is attesting that he read TV well, Guide. Well, I'm, I'm glad somebody's finally chiming in. I, I appreciate research from the field yeah we need an actual tv guy i'm subscriber. just saying i recall like they would put the, they would always put the you know obviously the show and sometimes they would put the title of the episode okay not well, always you and dave is gonna have now beef. dynasty so, i don't know if they did that for and cheers i can guarantee you they put the title don't of every bring episode cheers into cheers. this okay uh so dave says i was only ever aware of episode titles when i bought the dvds okay so that makes sense Unlike a show like Knott's Landing, oh, he's going to bring Knott's Landing into this, no, we, which we don't told have, we don't you to the Knott's episode Landing. title at the opening credits. Okay, see, this is the differentiator right here. In my recollection, Dynasty never made these available. Keep up the great work, smiley face. Yeah, so, no, I so think yeah, that's, that's you, 100% correct. I think I don't... this is a testament to your point in that 
you know, people did not know the episode titles of, of I don't think people expected there to be a title either. I think it was just programming. Well, I think after Dave's letter, we really need to make a concerted effort not to make a big damn deal about the titles of these episodes. Also, the titles are terrible. Tonight's episode is I think that's why we the talk dinner. About I think that's why we talk about the titles, because they are terrible. But tonight's episode is called The Dinner, right? There's not even a dinner that happens. But which one? I've had so many dinners. Also, my favorite episode of Dynasty so far in the first three seasons is called The Dinner Party, which happened in season one. I mean, there's at least now three episodes that have the word dinner in the title. So the episode titles are irrelevant. So can we please make a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to make a big damn deal about these episode titles anymore? Yeah, so this is a good call out. We just need to quit kibitzing thank about you, Dave. titles of the show. Can you say thank you to Dave? Thank you to Dave. Thank you, Dave. And... <laughs> I guess that's a good segue into getting to this week's episode, The Dinner. Today's installment of Dynasty As They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y nasty podcast. There you can browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast or text nasty podcast to 500 500 to get started today. We get like some very indiscreet titles. Pamela Bellwood shows up in the intro titles. Shocking revelation. And I, I gotta say, I was I was like so excited. I felt like a schoolgirl, like, and I still feel excited when I'm like, oh my god, Pamela Bellwood's back. I thought that it would be a bigger deal that she was back. Instead, we just kind of get this weird visit from new Steven to the sanitarium that she's in, the new sanitarium that she's in. I mean, she looks fucking fantastic. She's coming in from a jog. She's got a great headpiece on. And there's a lot to unwrap because these characters haven't seen each other since really like the first season, right? It's almost been a full season since yeah, these characters have all been together. And so much has happened because she was going through her mental health rehabilitation when she was staying in the Carrington mansion. Stevens died and come back to life. He's had a baby. He's gotten married. So they really needed more together than just like hanging out post-jog in the lawn at the sanitarium. Am I crazy or did she she not even acknowledge maybe she didn't acknowledge that he looked yeah she said his eyes are the same but yeah i mean she's acknowledged his physical differences more than any other character i think maybe other than mrs gunner but i feel like they're like soulmates in a in a friend way you know so i don't think she really cares that he looks different it's more about these are two characters that are reunited and this this was always for me the the heart and soul of of dynasty in the beginning Well, and Pamela Bellwood really does a lot of heavy lifting in this scene. She is emoting. She's really tapping into all of the Claudia Blaisdell-ness that we love. And she's going through what is driving these characters, and, and that is their parenthood. And that's this bond that I think that they have now is that Steven is a new dad, and, you know, she's... Still kind of obsessed with Lindsay, R.I.P. Yeah, and you know, 
she's kind of acknowledging that Stephen is going to do his own thing and he's got to have his own life you know not that she ever thought she was going to be a part of any of that but it's very clear that there are two people that are going to have some kind of relationship going forward and definitely did before but it won't be you know based on that stereotypical tradition of you know man and woman and child yeah i mean what i do like is that we learned that crystal has actually been off screen going and visiting claudia and kind of filling her in on what's going on in the world and i like that for crystal because these women were are not aligned at all. Well, I've had company. Crystal especially. She's been up quite a few times. She's talked to me about you. Must be difficult for you. Trying to put your life, your new life, back together again. Well, must not be very easy for you either. Everything you've been through. The hell and the torment. Yes. This really is Crystal's episode. This whole damn thing. It is the Crystal show. Wait, are you sure about that? Tell me why. Well, you know, we start with Crystal holding the baby. And I think in this episode... Crystal does is hold babies. She's a baby holder. I think more... Crystal is a baby cradle. But I think more in this episode than any other, she really confronts Blake on multiple levels. And... I like that. I like that he's finally being challenged by this woman. How does she confront him on multiple levels? Give me one level she confronts him. Okay, well, to start out with, she's like, you went to all this trouble to rescue your supposedly dead gay son in the Java Sea or wherever the fuck that he was, and now you're just throwing the relationship away. You went to all of this trouble, spent all of this fuel in the private jet to go back and forth to Singapore. And she's right. She's absolutely 100% right. He went to all this trouble and like him and Steven are back to where they were, where they were, they're just avoiding each other and they hate each other. And now Steven's working for Alexis. Look, Crystal's gripe is my gripe. Why is Blake the center of everybody's goddamn attention? I don't understand. And that's probably because he's a white man. This show could be so much more interesting if it weren't for that. And that's not even for like, oh, because today, you know, women and, and, other gendered people and all of that no it's not even that it's just like blake's not that interesting mm-hmm. and he's kind of an asshole kind of i understand why crystal's kind of having a him haw about this but anyway sorry so there's supposed to be some other reasons like just not that one. Oh wait that's not enough for you because you told me just give you one reason and i gave you one reason well you said you had a few the other reason why it's crystal's episode is that she goes to alexis's office and calls her out and you know uh, alexis is downward spiraling she this is not a good episode the writers just don't know what to do with her right now but she's not downward spiraling i don't buy that she bought a dress that was exactly the same as the one that she was wearing along with replica panties and stockings to stage that she's fucking mark this is the most desperate thing i've seen her do since she put that rifle in there and made crystal fall off the I mean, horse the, and miscarry the, that's a good example of something that we kind of just take for granted now but like like hello this is actually kind of skullduggery like this is ridiculous and it's melodramatic 
she when she pulled that blue dress out of her purse at La Mirage in Mark's room. First of all, how did she even know he was going to be in the shower? I mean, it's the whole thing is like so convenient. And then she like types up that note, which I guess is like in today's standards, instead of typing that note to Fallon, which why would Mark type a note to Fallon? But anyway, Mark types a note to Fallon. This would be like, you know, like faking a text or like catfishing somebody. Yeah. Basically, Alexis catfished her daughter. Yeah. You know, in some sense, we're not supposed to be surprised, but that's because she has become a legend. Like, okay, this is like Greek mythology. A th- a 10,000 years from now, when we're all gone, th- the things, the mythology the dynasty has created, Alexis will be like this character. And this is one of those things. I hope about not because her. this episode, it, she seems so petty. I mean, she has like this corporate takeover going on where she's got to figure out, you know, the evaluation of the shale oil extraction, which I cannot believe. No, nobody We're cares about that. We're still talking nobody about cares shale about that. oil extraction. But she's, you know, during the day, she's talking to Blake about shale oil ex- extraction. And then at night, She's putting fake panties in Mark's room to, like, get back at him for boning her daughter. This is, like, so beneath her. It's so petty. And that's why this is Crystal's episode. I... Uh, maybe, but I like the the blue dress situation because now I just want the um, Depeche Mode blue dress supercut with it's, scenes from this episode. It's not the Gap blue dress that Monica Lewinsky. No, wore. that's a different blue dress. See, so many blue dresses. What? <laughs> the, the, I don't know. If I were a professor of semiotics, like there's a blue dress lecture series that I need to put together for that. But anyway, and then we have Crystal go into Alexis's office and confirm front her and tell her to stop trying to get steven on one side and her on the other and she's just so emotionally bereft that she can't handle it and crystal gets in that delicious jab about the tusk desk i'm going to keep on interfering lexus until blake and his son are what they should be to one another a father who loves and respects his son and a son who loves and respects his father Despite you. Get out of my office before I have you thrown out. I love your desk. The tusks. They're so you. Get out! You know, we've been going several episodes with this new office and nobody has made mention of the fact that Alexis's fucking executive desk is made of glass and tusks. So this is interesting because you and I are now basically on, you know, Crystal's Team Crystal. level because we've always said snarky things about that desk and it's interesting. So why would they give Crystal this point of view out of nowhere because she doesn't normally I don't know if she's been in that office she, yet. she has said like she has called things out in the past so I'm not saying this is the first time but you know it's always like a little bit unusual and noteworthy when she does say something like that so well her backbone contracts right like there's certain episodes where she really stands up for herself and everybody else or other characters well, and then there's like multiple episodes it's, it's where she's these, sobbing in the where, corner yes exactly and it's like i want her to be this sort of eye for 
the audience, you know, this perspective. But then, yeah, then she goes off into the corner or she becomes a, 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 a Stepford double wife. Yeah, I mean, you, you can be a good girl and still but, be savvy. But yeah, exactly. And so it's like, it's weird because I don't know what to do with her. And my, my default is like basically like, well, it just kind of pisses me off that she's a boohoo essentially that's that's kind of to me like what she does but but she has these moments where suddenly lightning strikes mm-hmm. and she's making fun of alexis's like really tacky you know elephant husk desk you know and it gets to alexis because she closes that door and then she turns into a puddle a purple well, and pink puddle I, I and i love that because alexis really is wearing like the most unnoteworthy if not tacky outfit in the whole you know episode so that works for me the other puddle that we have in this episode is jeff colby he is such a fucking beta male i can't stand Stand it. We have Kirby go to Colby Co to meet up with them. Of course, she runs into that sleazy slime ball, Adam. And Jeff walks in on them and, like, he sees this guy touching this woman who is now his wife, his upstairs bride. And he doesn't do anything about it. He's just like, hmm, I think you guys were you know being inappropriate i i think what it, a little bitch god damn it i'm so tired of going to la mirage you know for lunch yeah for well, lunch you and kirby both i don't like going to those crowded downtown places every day la mirage is convenient not exactly it's a 20 minute drive but but i thought it might be convenient to a house that we could look at today maybe buy so that we could be alone finally it's not sexy it's really worn out it's welcome it really has and then they waste you know like i get i get it the saint dennis club was looking like the price is right set so we had to move on i understand those i kind of miss the saint dennis Club. well you know at this point it would be just like a fun throwback but it doesn't really matter well they they actually have the writers write lines for kirby and jeff to explain why they're having lunch at La Mirage. Add up the time here. This is this is taking no, three hours out of the day to go have lunch at there La Mirage. Was most definitely a a sort of soap operatic universe problem and La Mirage is the black hole. Mm-hmm. It's this place where people just get sucked into. It takes all of the energy. And when people go there, they disappear and nothing happens after that. Yeah. You know? And Kirby's feeling it because her marriage is not progressing. He has no, her husband has no interest in finding a place to live. They're just going to keep living at the Carrington mansion and keep having them weird ass salads at La Mirage for yeah. lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's you know, you know, we used to complain about the food at the St. Dennis Club, but God, could you imagine eating lunch at La Mirage? It it could only be worse. Those right? salads have got to take at least forty five minutes for them Everything to cut them is like, like that. canned crab and flat seltzer water and I'd cry too. <sighs> Let's talk about the relationship between Steven and Adam. They cannot find equal footing. No, and they're not going to. And you know, that's fine with me. I, it's interesting. I like both characters for very different reasons. And I think for that reason, I don't, I don't, I don't need them to get along. I, I don't know. And it, it, I think there's always this like assumption that, oh, like, you know, familial relations are supposed to get along. No, maybe they're not. Well, I don't think it's a, a shocker that, up you know, two brothers in a family don't get along. So whatever. I really like that Stephen calls Adam out when they're on the way to their little business trip in Wyoming. Like, let me do all 
the talking because I've actually been on oil rigs. I've actually gotten my nails dirty. Wyoming or Montana? Oh, I don't know. One of those square oh, states. Oh, don't be like that. I get the square states confused. You think I can't deal with a field manager when we survey this operation? Look, if you'll just listen for a minute. No, big brother, you listen to me. Have you ever worked on a rig? Ever been part of a crew when a well came in? Ever worked in a refinery? In fact, have you ever in your entire career with Colbyco gotten oil sludge under your fingernails? No, I haven't. Well, all your poring over law books, advising and consulting over drinks won't do a damn thing for us once we're down on the ground checking out Johnson's operation. Just keep your mouth shut, Adam. Let me do the talk. One thing I think about when watching the third season is how far away we are from the first season. You know, there were literally oil derricks on the show. Like, there was literally equipment. People were, like, touching the black stuff. Now, well, we don't see any of that. Okay. There's, it's just talk about it in boardrooms. There's a couple offices. of things there. Oil was clearly, like, a huge foundation to both this show and obviously Dallas uh, because that was a big problem with inflation and that's the whole reason that like somebody like Blake Carrington could build his whole empire if you could like play the cards you know oil was this thing that could really lead to riches or you know destitution but another part of that was like the whole idea of like Reagan dismantling the, the mental health infrastructure that we had and I don't know that that's necessarily a good or a bad thing but it clearly lev- led to certain things but right now Claudia like we're Blaisdell's seeing Claudia institution. right yeah I mean I don't I don't I, this is probably at the very beginning of like the, that idea but like I just think it's interesting that like you know that was a big part of the the Reagan administration was taking apart all of the you know institutionalized mental health uh, facilities anyway so now we have like Claudia who's well I believe sort Cla- of been languishing at one of the I'm I'm pretty sure that Claudia is receiving care care of the Carrington. Yeah, I mean, you know, like let's not, yeah, be too fancy fied. Like I think when they moved her I'm from the sure West Wing into she the was asylum, not, yeah, the, she's not getting like yeah, she had no Medicaid. Well, maybe I need to be institutionalized because this episode was just so crazy to me. I mean, I'm very glad to see Claudia back, but man. Alexis is acting a fool, throwing all of them panties around the room. And again, the one saving grace in this whole episode is Crystal. I think she's the most level-headed bitch on this show. Oh, yeah. She's clearly the most level-headed, but that's kind of boring. And that's why we keep going back to Alexis. And, you know, like, look, Alexis, right now, she's doing more bonkers things. She's ridiculous. I think the last episode or two or three episodes she was freeze frame throwing a martini at a elevator door in her penthouse you know i mean like look you're never gonna get some kind of balanced level-headed woman out of alexis but at the same time like she's always going to deliver the most personality and power and excitement and charisma that's i think that's a problem is is Crystal is not ultimately a charismatic character. I mean, I don't know. I was feeling a lot of charisma coming out of that fur that she was trotting around this whole episode. Charisma or crystal? And now it's time to talk about our looks of the week. 
Well, I think you were making some bitchy comment about it earlier, but I'm giving it to Alexis for being able to wear purple and pink at the same fucking time. Yes, she did look a little bit like a flamingo, but my God, that shade of pink. How do you pull that off? The hat and the blouse matched. There was a pussy bow involved. I've been big into pussy bows lately because ASOS has been selling pussy bows for men. And I'm contemplating buying one. $36 for a blouse and a pussy bow that matches. I am scandalized. I know it's obvious, but I just really liked her with that pink blouse and pink hat and eh. pink pants. Or purple it's, pants. It's a little bit like, it's the same problem I had. She did this before. It's a very Purello. It's just like put on a big blousey clown collar you know commedia dell'arte thing which i know that's not really what this is supposed to be but send in alexis i'm here for it yeah exactly so and eh, i don't know not not down for that but i can appreciate that you you liked it anyway so what was your look of the week so there there's this moment towards the end of the episode where crystal and blake have a thing at the you know fireplace she's wearing like this i I don't know that i would say that this is always interesting but here it's really fascinating to me because it's a light gold colored champagne even if you'd like bronze sort of maybe no not i wouldn't go that far but it doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> well, excuse the fuck out of me. Yeah, it's a shiny material, whatever it is. And it's it's sort of a shoulder-to-floor gown. But, you know, from the neck down to the shoulders, it's totally bare. And we don't, we don't always get Linda Evans in this kind of, you know, like usually the plunging neckline is not on her. But what I really love about this is, like, you take it all with with the tan she's uh, she's clearly been tanning or getting some tanning spray and then like the hair oh my god her hair has never looked better in that outfit the, her hair has never looked bigger oh it's, that's what i meant to say it's Sorry. the same her hair the, has never looked bigger it's the same wig but that thing was put in the dryer a little bit too long on low cycle <laughs> and she yeah she is like a head to toe sparkling glass of champagne and like i don't know what the fur cuffs thing it's like it's a lot i almost picked this as my look of the week but functionally i just kept thinking what are they eating she's gonna get the spaghetti sauce in the fur sleeves how do you eat with that do you, you don't roll, you roll those up you don't if you ate anything you wouldn't be able to fit into this dress so the thing is it's so modern honestly like for the time period like let's first adjust for 1983, 1983. all that said you look at what joan's wearing and it's very late 70s early 80s but what crystal's wearing here and granted they're dressed for slightly different occasions but even adjusting for that it's very modern and it kind of strikes you as like you know like what what would a real housewife of orange county or atlanta or whatever like you know like there's definitely something like a, a new money woman who's of a certain age would wear today and i don't think that this is that far from what that is and i don't think what joan collins is wearing is that what she's wearing is very much runway 1981 look i just hope mrs gunnerson puts extra napkins out on the table <laughs> 
Well, that's it for this week's episode of Dynasty As They Want to Be. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Everybody can follow along on our journey on social media at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, all the places. And if you want to be like Dave and be able to write us a letter and give us the what for, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash nasty podcast we have three tiers we have the crystal tier we have the alexis tier and if you're a real mr Moneybags, you can join at the blake level well be sure to join us next time when we discuss the episode the threat do you think congressman neil mc has anything to do with the threat Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.